0: Gobble, gobble. Welcome in to episode number 67 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Back again another week. We have a special guest on today's episode. John from Dayton. longtime listener. First time get uh, appear on this part of the show. He's been on our sports betting special once if you guys remember that. So John from Dayton joins us uh, in studio. And then after that, we're going to be hitting reports from around the realm. Our Thanksgiving special, we're going to go over which player is equal to which Thanksgiving dinner recipe. And then we're going to be hitting our traditional crystal ball pick. But before we get into the episode, we wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is back again. Monarchy is the code you are going to want to use. Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, to get a free $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Again, Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. On the Underdog app, gets you $100 in bonus cash. Let's go.
1: Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace.
0: Here we go, episode. Number 67 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. It is our Thanksgiving special. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other method. Welcome, welcome in. We have a little bit of a different show this week. Jace is not currently here at the moment. He's dealing with some uh, family things right now. All good, though. All good with his family side. So, Jace, wish you a happy Thanksgiving, spending time with your family. We are here with Nick C. up in Cleveland. Jace is not here out in the desert, but we have a relocator. We have Max in the ATL with our special guest of the episode, filling in for Jace, John from Dayton in Atlanta. JFD, what's up?
2: How are we doing, everyone? I'm John from Dayton, uh, brother of Monarch Max over here. I'm in about six fantasy leagues. And I'm just really excited to share some insights with you guys today. Hopefully I can help win you guys a league this week. Now, J.F.D., that was very buttoned up of
0: you. I'm not used to this side. <laughs> hey,
2: I know you know me from uh, from back in your college days a little bit more, but I'm here. I'm just trying to help some of our fans
3: win the league. So that's all I can do. I got a question for you, J.F.D. Well, I mean, you're going to be on the whole episode, but is it true, J.F.D., that you beat Peter from New Jersey in, in our most important league? I actually did beat Peter from
2: New Jersey, and it's funny because – I think – I don't know if you guys have seen Peter's – His imaginary power rankings. He made a power rankings for our league, and he thought it would be really fun to put himself three (laughs) and put me at number nine, actually. Mason. I'm seven and three, and I beat him. So I think he's out to get me a little bit. I got two first-round picks, Chris Olave, uh, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow. I don't know what he's got against me, but my seven and three
0: team is – Place at number nine in Peter's power rankings, So, Well, look, you know, I'm like Argentina, and your team is a lot like Saudi Arabia. And, you know, sometimes the fluke games happen, and Saudi Arabia wins. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just know we run the simulation a million times. I'm pummeling you into the ground, 99 of them. So you got lucky JFD. But with that being said, World Cup is this week. I wanted to know who you think is going to win it all. Again, not a lot of us watch soccer. I watch it probably more than anybody here, but who do you think is probably going to take the trophy, knowing what we know now?
3: I'm going to go with Brazil. Haven't seen him play yet, um, but just Neymar. This is his last World Cup, I believe he said as well. So I'm going with Brazil. They're due.
0: JFD, what's up?
2: I don't know. I mean, something about France today. They just – No chance they repeat, bro. I don't know. Something about it just – I know they went down early. I mean, I think it was in the ninth minute, but I, I mean, they hung three goals on them. You know, you, four goals, my mistake. You just, I don't know, Mbappe, he's always playing strong. So we'll see what happens.
0: My pick, dark horse pick. Obviously, I think Argentina will win or I think Brazil will win, but my dark horse who I actually really like a lot is Belgium. This is the golden age of Belgian football. They have probably arguably the best player in the world in Kevin De Bruyne, Running midfield for them, so I think I think Belgium is a sneaky kind of like how Croatia got in the World Cup final last time, but I think that they have a chance to win it all.
3: Fun fact: uh, if you're looking for a bet, I also like Belgium, Peter. But Mertens, he's he scoring, is Mertens. He's scoring a goal tomorrow. Book it. You heard it here first. When you hear this episode, you check the box score. Mertens will be in there.
0: All right. Before we get into the episode, thanks, Nixie, for chopping that up. Before we get before we get in the episode, I wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports this season. Underdog Fantasy allows you to do best ball teams over under games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Any kind of fantasy that you can imagine, Underdog Fantasy Sports is there for you. I was actually driving into Philly the other day and saw they now have Advertisements on ninety five coming down into the city. It's great to see one of our sponsors start to grow a little bit more and more since they uh kind of picked us up over a year ago. So really, again, wanted to thank Underdog Fantasy, uh, for their constant, constant support of the podcast. Use the code Monarchy M O N A R C H Y for a one hundred dollar deposit match in bonus cash. Monarchy M O N A R C H Y. Let's get into reports.
3: Real quick, before we get into those reports, Underdog is doing a special right now where Justin Jefferson gets over one receiving yard. You can put that in your pick only in states that it's legal. Um, and then Saquon as well, over one rushing yard. So those are like locks, right? Um, and then they have a super boost as well with Dak's passing yards. So it, instead of boosting it like three, six, nine, 12, 15 times, it like five times is that. So you can do. You have to do five you can do $1 to win up to 100 and that could be one of your legs. So it's a really good good deal going on right now over at Underdog. I just signed up um, to play the Pick'em for the first time, actually. I, I've already been on Underdog, but I just did the Pick'em for the first time in Georgia. And it's really, I'm excited for Thursday. All
0: right, let's get into reports. First piece of news, a couple older backs. Uh, have been released Daryl Henderson comes a little bit more of a shock but Melvin Gordon also has been released Max JFD what are your thoughts on these two aging running backs in Dynasty as it relates obviously to their utilization either in the fantasy playoffs when they sign with a different team or next year if they're able to get an opportunity
3: yeah I mean I'll kick us off I'll I'll talk about uh Daryl Henderson I'll let JFD talk about MG he loves MG I don't know what it is the guy loves MG But I'm going to talk about Daryl Henderson. He's not that old. Everyone thinks he's been in the league for that long. He's only 25 years old. So when you look at it, I think he could be a guy like Jeff Wilson, who, you know, he's valuable this year. He's viable. He's a good option. So I think if he lands in the right spot or in free agency, whatever it might be, I still like Daryl Henderson. I'd be willing to pay a third for him right now.
2: Yeah. And for Melvin Gordon, I mean, that dude was just a fumble machine. I mean, you really couldn't make up some of those fumbles that he's been having all season. Uh, He is 29, so going forward, he's kind of out of that peak backstage uh, that we like in Dynasty. So I don't really see much value in him. I don't know if the other Monarchs do or not, but to me, he's not worth much. I think whatever team he goes on, he'll probably just be getting a backup, probably not getting more than 25% of the carries per game, so.
0: Yeah, so when I look at both these backs, in particular, I look at Daryl Henderson, we saw a competent Rams offense run him last year, and he was a fantasy-relevant back, not just a regular back. He was a very relevant fantasy running back, and you look at the offensive line this year, it's gotten significantly worse, and that receiving core isn't what it's meant to be. Matthew Stafford takes a step back, and all of a sudden, all this blame is being shifted to the running backs not being good. I think Daryl Henderson had a down year this year and that running whole running game down there did not have a good, good year this year, not because of themselves, but because of the offensive line woes and because of Matthew Stafford, not being able to throw the ball effectively. I think Daryl Henderson has a lot left in the tank, whether or not he is signed somewhere, whether or not he gets an opportunity that's to be determined, but if he gets either A, a starting role, or B, a workload split share. I'd be more than happy using a waiver claim on him. I'd be more than happy sending a third-round pick over, maybe even a late second-round pick uh, to the right person. I really think that Daryl Henderson, being so young still, hasn't had a lot of touches as well. But I think Melvin Gordon is as toast as toast gets. For me, he was a league winner before the year started. He was one of my, like, I got to get out of every redraft with him just in case Javanta went down. He was my league winner. And you know what? Sometimes those league winners, sometimes they hit, sometimes they flat out miss, and he has flat out missed. I'm probably going to end up having to release him on a lot of my teams. All right, let's move on. Super producer, I know you're very high on this guy, so I want you to kick us off here. Kyle Pitts, likely to have a torn MCL. First and foremost, I want to know if you're the Atlanta Falcons or you shutting him down for the year. Second of all, what do you think is his outlook this offseason with his trade value?
1: Yeah, so I think they did put him on uh, IR, so we'll see how long. I think obviously it's a minimum of four weeks, so we'll see if it ends up being longer. That's probably the smart play. Because they weren't – I mean, they were pretty much using him like he was on IR the whole season. They're barely throwing him the ball, and he's got very little routes run. So I think just in terms of his value, that I texted in the group chat, I think this is the prime time to buy him. Like, you probably could have bought him during the season uh, while he was still playing just because of his pedestrian production. But I feel like right now with the injury, whoever has him on their roster, unless they're a rebuilding team, they're probably – super sour on this guy and you could probably get him for under like market value if you think that's firsts plus I mean you could get them probably for less than two firsts um, in a league I traded Cole Komet and a late 23 first for Kyle Pitts so if that gives you any uh, type of look into where his value might be at I'm buying all day
0: pedestrian production we have a real Dr. Seuss on our hands Max
1: yeah, I
3: guess my question is – it would be for Nick C, just to follow up there. I mean, you said two first plus. Would you do, like – like talking super flex, would you do two late firsts for
1: Kyle Pitts? It depends on where my team's at. But, I mean, I yeah, I probably would, honestly.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's fair value. I don't think he's worth three firsts. I paid three firsts this, uh, this past offseason, and then, honestly, it sent me back miles. I thought he was going to take a step forward this year, um, and he's looked absolutely terrible nowhere near would I pay three firsts again. I think two firsts is pretty good value for him considering what he's done, and that's not much.
0: Okay, in a vacuum, vacuum time, would you rather pay three firsts for Mark Andrews? That's not his market value, but I'm saying, would you rather pay three first for Mark Andrews or two first for Kyle Pitts?
3: Two first for Kyle Pitts. I, I can't I can't justify paying three first for a tight
0: end. All right, let's move on next. Sam Darnold. The Darnold is going to take over in Carolina. Does this do anything for DJ Moore? We saw the first three games last year. DJ Moore had a lot of production when Sam Darnold was the quarterback. Give me your uh, opinions on this, Max and JFD.
2: Yeah, so I'll kick this one off. Um, I actually don't own DJ Moore in any dynasty leagues. I did draft him in a redraft league. I have been extremely disappointed. The one week he had 29 points, he was actually on my bench. Um, I think that he has potential going forward. I know there were a lot of trade talks uh, before the NFL trade deadline about moving him. I think he'd benefit a ton on a different team. I think the Panthers offense just looks sluggish, slow without McCaffrey. I mean, you're going through three different starting quarterbacks in three weeks. You can't really expect any wide receiver from that offense to be flourishing in this But he is only 25 years old, and I think he is a really strong talent. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to trade for him. But at the same time, I think that he is a really talented wide receiver that you can still buy low right now at 25 years old.
3: 100%. I'm just going to talk about Sam Darnold. Honestly, I did not know DJ Moore did this well with Sam Darnold. This dude had literally... He was getting double-digit targets, 11-12-8. He put up in half-point PPR 12-17-17-27 in the first four weeks of the season. Um, This is obviously a tough matchup for DJ Moore going against Denver. Then they have the bye. And then after that, I mean, it's kind of smooth sailing. You know, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Detroit. Those are some solid matchups. And if Sam Darnold could stay the quarterback, I think we could see DJ Moore's value start to uptick. And I hope you got him before that.
0: Yeah, DJ Moore has always been a very interesting uh, player in the league. We saw the flashes his rookie year, and it was like, oh, my God, you know, guy got a 1,000 yards, four touchdowns. Imagine if he can double the touchdowns. Then he got the same exact stats the following year. Then he got the same exact stats the year after that. And we were like, oh, my God, if he can only get a quarterback and they give him first overall pick, Baker Mayfield. And that didn't work out. Sorry, Browns fans, but – I think it's going to be very interesting this offseason when you look at Carolina's draft position. They're probably going to draft a quarterback, uh, either it be whether it be Will Levis, CJ Stroud, or Bryce Young. If it's Will Levis, I'm running away from DJ Moore. I don't think Will Levis is good at all. But if it's one of the latter two that I mentioned, uh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, I'd be all in on picking them up. Nick. So I
1: just had a quick. Uh maybe like one-for-one, would-you-rather kind of thing for you guys. Would you rather have DJ Moore or Amari Cooper in Dynasty? And these
0: are all vacuums, correct? Yeah, vacuum, I'd rather have DJ Moore.
3: Yeah, I'd rather have DJ Moore, too, just because he's three years younger. But Amari with Watson is interesting.
0: Very interesting. We'll find out soon.
3: No, yeah, I completely agree.
2: Uh, Right now, I'd probably rather have DJ Moore just because age gap i think he just still is really talented but i mean amari with watson will be a sight to see especially next year for Browns fans specifically but for fantasy owners too
0: all right that's going to be it for our reports from around the realm section we have our thanksgiving special we're going to go through all of the fixtures that you'll be finding at your dinner table or some people you know specifically max and jfd being in the south right now they call it supper your supper table so we're going to be going through mashed potatoes. We're going to be going through sweet potato casserole, cranberry sauce, turkey, and a couple other fun ones down here at the stretch. And we're going to give comparisons to our NFL players from this season.
3: It really is. I mean, I was telling my my aunt and uncle about this and my dad, and I was saying, oh, we do it every year. We've only done it one year, but honestly, it's one of the more fun episodes. So Two I years now. This is our second year. But I hope you guys enjoy, and let us know on Twitter if you guys disagree or she does attack something
0: like that at dynasty monarchy on twitter follow us on twitter nick c and jace do a great job over there keeping content fresh follow us on twitter at dynasty monarchy nick what are we approaching on our follower count are we almost at 2000
1: so we are actually approaching 1500 so we'll we'll see maybe tomorrow we uh reach that mark but it's been a been growing on there so Definitely appreciate any feedback uh, that we receive. We're always trying to put stuff out there. So, um, yeah.
0: The approach for 2K. We're looking for 2K before the playoffs finish. That would be a lot of fun. So let's move into our Thanksgiving special. All right. Thanksgiving special time. We're going to start with everybody's favorite. So this is everybody's favorite dish. It's solid. It is completely impossible to mess up. This is the the big preface. Everybody loves them. Impossible to mess up the mashed potatoes. Simple ingredients. You got potatoes, a little bit of cream or milk, butter. That's it. And we have Mason to present the award.
2: So I know that uh, the listeners don't really know me quite well, but this player is – Absolutely, my favorite player in the league. Uh, I own signed jerseys. I own so many jerseys of him. He is my favorite player, and this has to go to Travis Kelsey. I mean, he is actually unbelievable. When you look at his stats every single year, he is just a machine, and it does help with Mahomes at quarterback and everything. But I mean, having him in any fantasy league, whether it's dynasty or redraft, is such an advantage. I mean, you get he's putting up like wide receiver five numbers that you can start at your tight end. And to me, that's just, it's crazy. And he's done this for like four years now and you
3: just, you can't mess it up.
0: Impossible to mess up
3: longer than four years, Mace. He's done it for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. Now he's finished either as a tight end one or tight end two. And I mean, you just, you can't beat that. And
2: I
0: saw Mason, I actually saw a stat. Uh, So the distance between the tight end one right now, who is currently Travis Kelsey, and I believe tight end two is Mark Andrews, correct? Yes. The distance between those two is the same distance between the tight end number two and Mark Andrews and the tight end number 33. Wow. wow crazy. So if that says anything to the you cannot possibly mess this up, Travis Kelsey gets the mashed potatoes at our supper, our Thanksgiving supper. Let's move on to another. Some people, it's their favorite. Some people, it's not. You know, that first couple bites are phenomenal. They are fantastic. First couple bites. But then once you start eating that second bite and that third bite and that fourth bite, you're like, is this really that good? So that's going to be our sweet potato casserole. Max, you get to present the award. I do. I used to
3: own this guy and I, I tasted a couple bites of him. Pause. We're pausing. Pause, on that pause,
0: one. pause, pause.
3: I tasted him a little bit.
0: Pause, pause.
3: I said, you know, this is a little yummy. I like it. I was like, maybe he can get a quarterback. Maybe he can do it. Uh, and then they actually downgraded at quarterback from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger. Never thought I could see a downgrade. Um, but it's Michael Pittman Jr. Week one, wide receiver five. The guy was a target hog, was just balling. It's like, this is his breakout year. Week two, wide receiver 36. Ugh, like gross. But I'm still going to give it another chance. Week three, wide receiver 63. It's only gone downhill. It started to go back up after a little break there in the digestive system. But <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr., there's really nothing else to say. I hope he can get a quarterback. He's in the same camp as DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, all these guys. He had a great second year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just – I don't know. It's It's really about when you taste the bite.
0: Tell me something crazy. Can't you see Jimmy G – Wearing the horseshoe. Uh, You know, for some reason I can. And I feel like Jimmy G is
3: a very good underrated quarterback. Four touchdowns last night. They win games in San Francisco. I can see them moving on from Trey Lance, honestly. I can. Jimmy G is the guy, man.
0: Hey, look, Jimmy G had to stun out for all the beautiful women in the stands in Mexico. He's the king. He's the silver fox. Whenever there's a a pretty woman around, he, uh, he gets ready and balls up.
3: He's something else, man. Jimmy G is good, but Michael Pittman, it's where you eat it. If you eat it first, you're like, all right, you're still hungry. But if you eat it at the end, it's like, what am I eating, man? Gross. I don't want to taste that no more.
0: All right, let's move on our next one. Our next piece of the supper table, the, uh, the dinner table, is something that's very controversial, extremely controversial. Some people love it. Some people absolutely, absolutely despise it. But no matter what, it will be found jiggling and cutting in and out on the dinner table. The cranberry sauce, cranberry sauce, it jiggles, it cuts in and out. Very fluid. And uh, shout out to Jace. Jace, when you're listening right now, two of your guys here, Traylon Burks and Kadarius Tony, we're giving both of these two the cranberry sauce award. I have them both like this because in small sample sizes, they've absolutely popped. Some people like that cranberry sauce and it's like, mm. they take that first bite and they are addicted forever. Just like Jace with Traylon, I know super producer Nick C's all in on Kadarius Tony, despite his terrible efforts last week. You take that one bite and you're in for life. You're a, a cranberry sauce defender and anybody that doesn't like cranberry sauce, you're ready to square up with them at the dinner table. But If you take that first bite and you don't like them, you are a staunch cranberry sauce hater forever. Super producer. Tell us a little bit about Kadarius.
1: Oh, this is right on the money. I think um, Jace threw a couple in here, and this one is probably my favorite one out of all of them. Like you said, I mean, (laughs) there's guys that absolutely despise these players, and rightfully so. I mean, you can see it. Tony has the upside he just got hit with another hamstring injury and he's probably going to miss a couple weeks there in Kansas city. So that just leans into the people that don't like it. And just like cranberry sauce, he's jiggling and cutting, but for some people he's staying on the sidelines and on the bench. So,
0: all right, let's move now. I'm going to let Max uh, take this one after I give the description so he can uh, just lay into me over this player, but we have, the rude uncle award, the weird uncle, the rude uncle, you know, you always have the one family member that's at the Thanksgiving dinner. That's like, why does he get invited? Why does she get invited every year? And they just spew incessant nonsense, nonsense all day long. And by the time you're finished with the dinner, you're like, wow, thank God I don't have to see this player for another year, this person for another full year, Max present the award.
3: Yeah. I mean, there are a couple candidates for this, but we thought it was fitting for it to be no other than Elijah Moore. Um, Peter's love for this guy is absolutely crazy. I mean, he's turned down first. He's turned down Cortland Sutton. He's turned down a lot of really good players. And honestly, when it comes down to it, I hope Cortland Sutton, wherever he is out there, I hope in the championship round would have put up four touchdowns and a lot. And Peter could have had him and started him and that would have made Peter win. But Peter, your un- your natural love for this guy it's it's poetic. It's it's nice to see. It is amusing, but you gotta sometimes separate family like this uncle. You gotta separate him from fantasy football to your love. So, hey man, he was the
0: cool uncle when I first saw him. He was the really cool uncle, and the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, this guy's really corny. I don't want to hear him talk anymore.
3: It's kind of how I feel about you, Pete. You know, I uh, <laughs> met you in college. Freshman year, I was like, man, this guy, cool kid, cool cat. And then I get to know him more. I live with him. Weird Uncle. Weird Uncle Pete.
0: Weird Uncle Pete. Moving forward, if you ever have kids, I'm the Weird Uncle Pete. All right. We have a new award this year. new award that we're presenting out. It's the first honorary, CAN. Shout out to CAN if you're listening. CAN from Atlanta, from the ATL Stuffing Award.
3: The Stuffing Award first annual we're gonna keep it going uh Nick C and I do play in an IDP league and these are just those guys that's like the stuffing is honestly my favorite part of the meal uh, but these are the guys that stuff the run these are the guys that get the tackles the points all that stuff and I did not know this guy existed up until this year at the draft and I was looking and I was like who is this guy like he puts up points right Jordan Brooks on Seattle his fantasy performances are insane. He's the most consistent player I've seen It about 25 points a game. I mean, 26, 23, 16, 25, 24, 22, 27. Last week, 36 points. The guy's insane. He's an animal. He did this all last year as well. Never had a game where he was in the single digits. Um, these IDP players, like if you get a stud like this, like the stuffing is, It will win you leagues, and this guy I'm hoping will win me a league. So, Jordan,
0: wherever you are, I love you, man. Shout-out, Jordan. Shout-out, Can for the idea. So, from here on out, the stuffing award will be for the guy who stuffs the run or stuffs the quarterback the best uh, for the 2022 season and seasons to come. So, Jordan Brooks out of the Seattle Seahawks is our first honorary, Can from the ATL, stuffing award winner. And with that, we're going to move on to the turkey, the final award, what everyone comes to town for. Max, this is your first time going to be trying turkey. Am am I correct at that?
3: It's going to be my first time having turkey at Thanksgiving. I usually have tofurkey, which JFD told me tonight at dinner that he likes, which I think is pretty gross.
0: That's pretty nasty, JF.
3: You know, it's got to be cooked right.
2: Got to have the right sauces, a nice combo with the mashed potatoes. So... And I'm a fan, though. It is, you know, it's good.
0: Hey, look, man, don't knock it till you try it, but I'm going to knock it until I try it. This could be the Tofurkey Award right. for you, But but the whole essence of the turkey, as you know, is he does everything. He's what brings everyone together, sacrifices the most, and is the central integral part of the meal. Give me the turkey.
2: Yeah, and I think that last year, This turkey was overcooked for sure. I mean, riddled with injuries. uh, He has been in the past. But this year, the turkey has been cooked just right. And this year's turkey has to go to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the 49ers got Christian McCaffrey as leftovers and literally heated him back up and do the new role. Hey, He is, you know, as we saw a couple weeks ago, he's throwing the ball, he's running the ball, he's catching the ball. This guy's doing everything. I mean, he really is just a team player. He's tying everything together. I think we've seen that 49ers offense really take a boom right here. I mean, this guy hes extremely young going forward. You can't argue with having McCaffrey on your team. I'm an owner of McCaffrey in one of my dynasty leagues. And, I mean, I got people throwing firsts at me, players. I don't care. I don't want them. I want Christian McCaffrey in his peak form in San Francisco. You can't beat it.
0: You know why? You know why you want it? Because what would a Thanksgiving dinner be without the turkey? What would a fantasy championship be without the turkey? That's why you can't trade him.
2: You can't. He's he's too valuable a player, you know. He's showing up every year to Thanksgiving. (laughs) And he hasn't always been cooked right. But this year...
0: He's leading my team to a championship, for sure. Something that we did last year, we did a ham. Some people out there, they do hams. They do the tofurkey. This year, I'm going to go off script. We didn't have that. I'm going to give it to Derrick Henry. He's the oddball RB1 where it's like, do I really, on this most sacred holiday, do I have to go and get this old tried and true turkey do i have to pay everything for these inflated prices on turkey no go get the ham just as tasty cheaper cheaper than the turkey derrick henry super cheap and he's the top five running back this year right up there with the likes of christian mccaffrey
3: i love this also as peter mentioned this is my first year eating turkey i tried ham for the other time at my friendsgiving holy shit that Whoa.
0: Leave that out nick
3: no no leave it in nixie it needs to be said ham is incredible ham is derrick henry consistent amazing
0: and tender Mm! love it all right with that being said let's move into crystal ball we're going to be predicting our booms and busts of the week with our favorite special guest actually second favorite special guest jfd We have our crystal ball predictions for the week currently. I would like Super Producer to give us our draft order so that we can pull off these crystal balls and send everyone home happy.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I'll start it off with Jace's picks and then we can go with PCAT and then JFD and Max can bring it home on the back end of the snake there.
0: You. All right, Super Producer, let's hear what Jace has to offer and in his
1: insights. Yeah, so as far as Boom goes, Jace is going with James Conner versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, the Chargers have allowed third most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs this season. They also allow the highest yards per carry to opposing running backs this season at 5.75, uh, which Really helps out Connor because he's only at 3.7 yards per carry this season. Kyler getting back could help them move the ball down the field. Even if McCoy's there, Uh, Jace is still firing him up. Connor has scored three times in the past two games with McCoy. And the Chargers have allowed the fourth most rushing TDs per game at one per game. So uh, Jace really thinks Connor is going to boom versus the Chargers. And I like the pick.
3: Yeah, man. I was out on James Conner for such a long time um, in redraft. This is, we'll just talk about it in that way, but obviously he was hurt there. And I was like, man, this guy's not going to get any work. And Hopkins coming back, this, this, and that. They love that guy. They did. I was just cut, you know, Benjamin, the backup there's um, I can't even say his name. I'm not even going to try it, but I love this pick. I really do. I think James Conner just feasts this week. I can see him scoring twice and getting five to six catches on top of some good yards. So, I think 20-plus points is in the cards for James Conner for sure.
0: JFD, any insights?
3: Yeah, I mean, kind of similar to what Monarch
2: Max was saying, just about – I was extremely out on James Conner as well. And I think seeing him play in Arizona has just been kind of refreshing uh, since you know he was dealing with some injuries there. But I really think he could probably put up 20 points. And I think that he's a very good start. I think if you have him, you're starting him this week. So,
0: so you say probably? Probably means greater than fifty percent, or what does it mean? What does probably mean to you?
2: You know, to me, it's most likely. Like I, I could see him really outperforming his projections. Is what I'm saying.
0: Okay, absolutely. Let's move on to my boom of the week. Call me crazy. I think T Higgins is going to have an absolute monster of a week this week. So he plays up against Tennessee, who's a little bit banged up on the defensive side. And they currently rank 30th out of 32nd against wide receivers, fantasy wide receivers this season. He's come off a couple good games and then a great game last week. So he, over the last four games has gone 14 points, and this is all in full point PPR. So 14 14, 13. Then he hit his bye. No Jamar Chase gets another week to be ready to be the number one wide receiver. And he pops for 24 and was the wide receiver four on the week. I think against this really good matchup, incredibly favorable matchup against Tennessee, they're going to have to lean on him really hard. That run defense in Tennessee is pretty good. They're going to have to get it done through the air. T. Higgins is my answer.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I love this pack, Peter. I, I can't say I love it. I like it because of the reasons you gave at the end there. I do worry Jamar Chase could be back this week, so that does worry me. Um, And I also think that if Joe Mixon cannot go and Samaj P. Ryan's the number one back there, they're not going to run him. They're going to do a lot of dump downs, a lot of passes to him. But I think T will be heavily involved. So I think T's due for a touchdown. Um, I would just temper expectations if Jamar Chase comes back.
0: Okay. JFT.
2: Yeah, I – Exactly. Same thing I had down. I mean, if Jamar Chase is back, obviously he is a top five receiver in the league. So I think that Jamar would obviously uh, be putting up, stealing some of T Higgins points. So I don't love the pick, but I could totally see T Higgins also having a great game. I mean, huge receiver. What more can you ask from? So. So JFD,
0: do you think that if, if Jamar Chase comes back, Do you think that he's going to play like, let's say, 80% of the snaps? Do you think that he's going to have a limited workload or do you think he'll get a full workload?
3: I
2: think he'll have a limited workload, but I still think it'll be enough to take away from the, the
3: boom factor that you're saying that T. Higgins could have this week.
0: Okay, absolutely. Let's move on to Max. Max, your boom.
3: JFD and I are obviously together here in the ATL, so I'm going to let JFD do the boom. I'm going to do the bust of the week, and JFD's got a good one queued up. All right, so my boom of the week, I gotta give it to Jeff
2: Wilson. He outsnapped Raheem Mostert in their win against the Browns in week thirteen. Uh, he had he played on 61% of the snaps and finished as the RB seven overall. And he put up 22.3 fantasy points. And I think that this is gonna continue into his game against the Texans this week because the Browns defense is currently ranked. 32nd overall and the Texans defense is currently ranked 29th overall Uh, so only obviously a three differential there for positional ranking and I just could see Jeff Wilson getting a a lot of touches high volume I mean he's an explosive back when him and Raheem were in San Francisco he was the RB1 over Raheem and I think that the Dolphins are going to clearly see that
0: now, JFD, do you have any concerns that this is a Shanahan-styled system? Obviously, like when we look at um, Mike McDaniel's former position, it was the run game coordinator for San Francisco, the run game coordinator slash offensive coordinator for San Francisco. Do you have any concern in the fact that we just maybe might not know who it is week to week that's going to get that line share, and it just so happened that it was Jeff Wilson two weeks ago?
2: You know, you could say that because he hasn't been in Miami for very long, obviously. But I think that overall, Jeff Wilson is a better back uh, against Raheem Mostert. And I think that even if it is the Shanahan style offense, like you were saying, and they are kind of splitting carries more evenly, I think you'll see Jeff Wilson explode for bigger runs. Um, I like his pass catching upside as well. And I just I think that he's overall the better back. And I think that Mike McDaniels is going to see that. And I mean, I think he did see that against the Browns playing uh, him in his first full game, giving him a 61% snap count. So I think that is really important.
0: Let's reverse the snake, Max, your bust of the week.
3: Yeah. I mean, JFD is not going to like it. I think he's going to have a talk with me after the episode say, hey, man, I don't like the pick. You're concerning me a little bit, but it's, Dal- it's Dalvin Cook. I like Dalvin Cook. I really do. I think he's a good talent, especially for a competitor. But this week, I love Thanksgiving as well. I'll just put that out there. But it always – there's something about it, like the 12-30 game. Man, I look forward to that. I don't know. It's kind of like the cranberry sauce. It's like, wow, this shit is amazing at the first bite, right? And then the second game, you know, Dallas game, always a staple. And then you get to the third game, and they kind of throw wacky games in there. You've seen a lot of divisional games and stuff like that. We've seen Falcons, uh, Saints. We've seen Steelers, Ravens, all kinds of stuff. And I don't know if it's just because – Jets, Pets, have- butt Fumble. Yeah, there's not a set game that plays that night. Um, But this year, it's the Vikings and the Patriots. And I'm just looking at the Vikings offense from last week. And I'm looking at the Patriots offense from last week. And I don't see many points being scored here. Um, The Patriots defense is elite. They are. They are a very, very good defense. No, they just played the Jets. No, they are a good defense week in and week out. The Jets are the Jets. You know, uh,
0: Jets is Jets 100%. Bill Belichick, quote, quote it, throw it on the board.
3: Yeah, the 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 Jets they need a quarterback, but not not enough about the Jets. The Patriots defense right now they're the second ranked defense. They're elite. Um, I can see Bill going one of two ways: taking away the run game and making Kirk throw the ball. Prime time Kirk, I think that favors the Patriots. Or he could take away Jefferson and let them run the ball. Um, but either way, I just I think Dalvin Cooks relying on a touchdown.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I agree with what Monarch Max is saying here. You know. I think it's a lot more about the matchups, again, I mean, versus the actual player and how good they are. You know, like in my boom, I was talking about Jeff Wilson because he plays the Texans. But, I mean, when you're going against the second-ranked defense as a running back, especially when you're Dalvin Cook, you know, you get most of the carries, but you still, you know, Madison sees some time and you do have the explosive offense with Jefferson, Thielen, and addition of Hawkinson. So I think that Dalvin, uh, he may not see a ton of work against this number two pay at Pats defense, but it could be interesting. And I hope he gets in the end zone for fantasy purposes,
3: but we'll see what happens. And I, I will say, even though I'm not, I, I'm super excited for the 1230 and the 430 games, the 830 game, I'm not as excited about, but I'm going to watch every second of it and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. All right.
0: We'll turn it back around for my pick really quick. I hate to tell people this, but this guy has finished as the quarterback one, quarterback one, and quarterback seven the last three weeks. Any guesses who this is?
3: Justin Baller, top five dynasty quarterback, Fields.
0: Yes, it is Justin Fields. I do think that he is going to have a baseline of at least eight points just due to his rushing uh, and some throwing. I'm not going to say he's going to run for 80 yards in this matchup against the Jets, but I'm just saying. Eight points is his floor for this game, but I don't see his ceiling anywhere above 15 points. This defense is legit and completely dismantled that Patriots offense this past week. Too bad that the the Jets offense stinks and should be rebuilt from the ground up, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, The Jets defense is incredible. The Bears have zero weapons, zero. And I want to say that Cole Komet is probably their best receiver at this point in the season. And he is not good. I want people to know that he's, getting, he's been very opportunistic. He's been extremely opportunistic. He is not good. So when I look at Justin Fields in this matchup, he's not going to be able to throw, to throw the ball to his wide receivers. So they're going to force them to run. And the Jets have the second highest pressure rate in the NFL when they rush four guys. And then on top of that, I believe it's second highest sacks in the league when they rush four guys. So they are going to be dropping seven in coverage, forcing Justin Fields to throw the ball and they're not going to be able to get it beyond this, beyond this, Carl Lawson and uh, Jermaine Johnson, both their starting edge rushers are faster than the average edge rusher. And they were drafted and signed in free agency specifically to hunt down Josh Allen. That was a big reason why they were signed in free agency is for the quarterbacks that escape out of the pocket and try to run. The Jets' defense is built around suppressing running quarterbacks. I think that they give Justin Fields a bottom 16 week this week.
3: Absolutely. And I think – I don't know if you mentioned this. um, I might not be listening. But Justin Fields is banged up right now as well. Um, He's day-to-day. He'll play. He'll play. But I would – I love the analysis. I agree with everything. And honestly, I can see him even finishing lower, just if he gets re-injured or, I mean – I just
0: don't see them scoring many points on that Jets defense. So are you fine, you and JFD can answer this together, are you fine streaming a quarterback that is on waivers? Because I'm sure in some dynasty leagues, there's going to be guys that are on waivers right now that are actually starting.
3: Yeah, man. I, if I had to pick a starting quarterback off the waivers, that's going to be on waivers, it's Jared Goff. The over-under is 53 points. That Lions offense can score it well. I mean, Jared Goff was going to throw the ball more times than not. Um, so yeah, I'd start Jared Goff. I'd start Taylor Heineke. Um, I'd probably start Matt Ryan over him. Honestly. Would you start
0: Mac Jones?
3: Uh, no, just cause he plays Thursday. And I don't want my quarterback to have a stinker on Thursday and really screw the week up. But like I'd start Matt Ryan, he plays Monday night. And I think if you need 10, 15 points, he can get that.
2: I think Mariota could also be a good pickup off the waivers. I picked 100%. him in the league last week and I think he
3: put up 22
2: for me. So I think he plays the Commies this week, and I think that's a pretty solid matchup for the Falcons. So I think Mariota could also be a good quarterback to stream.
0: Left hand up. That's right. Commies football, man. Shout out Alfred. Shout out Alfred in Jersey. Huge Commanders fan. Uh, Let's move on to the final pick. Super producer, bring us home with Jace's bust.
1: Pause. Pause. I'm coming in with Jace's bust. It's going to be DJ Moore versus... The Denver Broncos, Jason is saying to get him out of your lineup at all costs. He doesn't see any upside at all in this week's matchup. Uh, the Broncos allow the second fewest fantasy points per game, to opposing wide receivers this season. Denver has also allowed the third fewest points per game this season. Uh, Carolina, as well, has also scored the eighth fewest points per game on the season, fifth fewest over the last three games. Low-scoring team versus an elite secondary does not bode well for a guy who has not surpassed 30 yards in his last three games. He's saying that he would rather start guys like Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Josh Palmer, and pretty much anybody else over him. Uh, He's really uh, really down on DJ Moore, and you can see why with Sertan on the opposite side. I, I
3: must say it. JB's not here to defend it. I don't like it. Um, I, I, I see his logic and I agree with a lot of it, but after talking about Sam Darnold and what he did with DJ Moore there, um, I'm kind of in on DJ Moore this week. I was like, oh man, maybe I'll sit him for Jahan Dotson, but I like DJ Moore just because of the quarterback change. I think that Denver is a tough secondary, but Devonte Adams, I get DJ Moore. It's not Devonte Adams. I get it, but Devonte just torched that secondary. Um, and said that Pat Sertan still has a lot of ways to go until he's an elite cornerback. So DJ Moore is a very talented route runner. And with Sam Darnold, I'm plugging and playing him. I mean, obviously, if I have a better option, sure, you play it. But I know JFD, he can talk about his kind of start-sit decision on the pod right now.
0: Good. Quick question, two seconds. Darnell Mooney or DJ Moore? Darnell Mooney against the Jets or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. 100%. I'm
2: also taking DJ Moore there. J.F.D., you got to start sit for the boys before we wrap it up. This is in uh, a redraft league. I'm on the verge. I'm five and six. So, Ooh. Um, wide receiver two, of my options right now are Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore. And I mean, I've, I've got DPJ and Rondell Moore, but I don't think they're in the conversation with the other two as well.
0: I think you got to start Boyd. I'm all in on Boyd this week. If I was hyping up T. Higgins, I'm going to be hyping up Boyd for the same exact reason. I would monitor Jamar Chase heavily. Heavily monitored Jamar Chase, but if Chase is not playing, that's a fire-me-up wide receiver two for the week.
2: I just can't get over DJ Moore's stats with Sam Darnold, though. I mean, that has to that has to tug at something in there to be like, hey, start me, start me. I see DJ's face on my bench, and he's just screaming, start me with Sam Darnold.
0: Hey, look, you know, they say you take big risks, big rewards, right? That's a big risk playing with Sam Darnold in that, system I'll say I'll call it a system I don't even think it's a system it's a hodgepodge of guys that just run go routes and small slants and they think it works but look if I if I'm you I go for the floor play in Tyler Boyd instead of the ceiling play in DJ Moore Max any opinion
3: no I mean I think you monitor the Jamar Chase situation um, but if Chase goes, hundred percent DJ Moore. If not, I'd probably go Boyd, just because Sam Darnold could be rusty starting his first game. But it's tempting, man. I, I
0: that's a tough one for Super sure. Producer. Break the tie for us.
1: I'll just make another tie. I would honestly go People's Jones. Really? Like, that's the that's the Browns bias coming in, but fire me People's- up. Peoples has been solid this season. He's, he gets like 60 or 70 receiving yards, just missing the end zone production. Tough matchups on both other sides. but Nixie, sell me right now. Sell me right now on DPJ. I just think with the tough matchup for both of the other guys, if you're saying Boyd is the floor play, I don't see Boyd as the floor play. I feel like Peoples-Jones is the real floor play there just because he really has – He's just been missing end zone production and he got in last se- or last week and he was wide receiver fourteen on the week. So who are the Brownies and playing? They play, Tampa, they play Bay. Tampa Bay. Ooh. And if you look at
2: uh DPJ, he's actually put up double digits in seven weeks this um this season so far. And he even sat out week two. So I don't know. That is a really interesting
3: uh take there from super producer. It it is, but it's not at the same time. What Nick C did not take into account is 80% chance of rain in Cleveland. Um, I wouldn't be starting DPJ with a bunch of rain, personally. But I I didn't know DPJ was that solid this year. And honestly, like, if Mason, if you make the playoffs and stuff, I think DPJ could be a good slot in for your wide receiver. Oh, team, yeah. Especially with Watson, bro. DPJ is actually, like, if your trade deadline's still out there, go try to get him because he's been really solid, and that guy, is, he's talented. And
2: especially okay. in Dynasty League, too. I mean, the guy is 23 years old. And with Watson coming back, who knows what this Browns offense could do next year receiving-wise.
0: Yeah, and you guys have like virtually no picks going forward. So you're going to have to go with the guys you got. So I I think DPJ actually, I really never thought about him like that. And that's a big reason why I really enjoy doing the podcast with you guys. I mean this wholeheartedly. It's not on script here. Is the conversation that we actually have lead to a lot of analysis that I haven't come across myself so I wish I had heard this a week ago but you know if I heard this a week ago his price would be going through the roof with the trade deadline coming up so I do think that's a great great option
2: I just I have to know if you're in dynasty are you taking DPJ or Elijah Moore you personally Peter oh Elijah I mean, Elijah come Moore but like
0: Elijah Moore you know, t- we'll Elijah watch. Moore posted a picture of him throwing a football today he once says <laughs> coach I'm a quarterback Hey, be I'd out there. Start a
2: quarterback at wide receiver. I guess that'd be just like starting um, Taysom Hill at your tight end spot. But
0: <laughs> who knows? No. Uh, question I had for the group: This is uh, let's let's call our shot early here and then uh, wrap up the show. The Brownies had their bye. They play Tampa this week. Next week, not this this upcoming week. The following week, they play Houston. I want you to tell me if we're gonna get prime Tom Brady when he changed teams that good 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 quarterback or if we're going to get some stinker Russell Wilson I mean what as do a you player, expect I mean, for the last couple of games because again Brownies fans it's not about this year for the Browns they they right. knew that from the beginning they knew that from the beginning but for fantasy and all these fantasy pieces what do you expect for these last couple games, do you think Watson struggles or do you think Watson is just going to click and go right out there and ball out? Remember, he hasn't played in almost two years.
3: No, it's it's been a while. I, I think he does struggle Um, for the first couple of games, maybe give him three games. And I think at the end of the season, it's typical Browns, bro. He'll turn it on the last two games, have a great game. They'll win both games where they shouldn't win. And then the Browns will go in the offseason and be like, oh, man, Watson's the guy and this is our year. And it's just never the thing. It's never the same. I don't know. JFD? You know, I actually have the complete opposite take. Wow. This is what's great about the pot. I really
2: think that Watson, the last five weeks he plays, I think he's going to finish as a top five quarterback, fantasy-wise. Okay. He's got an immense rushing upside. He has the weapons. He's got, I mean, the Browns offense, once you plug in an elite quarterback like Watson, like what's stopping that Watson to Amari Cooper connection, you know? Or like even like,
0: the wind Something off Lake Erie.
2: As your wide receiver too, David and Joker's been turning it on this season. You got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield. I just, when you plug in elite quarterback play, I don't really see where that can go wrong. Stefanski's been great. Um, right? so far for the Browns. I think Stefanski's been a great thing for the Browns
3: since we got him. Yeah, I think it. Honestly, the issue is Joe Woods and just the lack of talent right
0: now. I completely forgot. Arguably, the biggest Brownies fan here, Super Producer, is in his Browns-colored room. What do you say about this issue?
1: John from Dayton's really selling me right now that Watson's going to come back. And, you know, from what I've been hearing from reports with him in practice and everything that everyone's saying that he looks great in practice, don't get me wrong. Primetime games are a different, different thing than practice, but I really can see a world where Watson just comes in and lights it on fire. And the other, the other big point is, The Browns' defense has been awful this season. Like, they cannot stop people. That means it's going to be more possessions for Watson in this offense. They've already been a top-10 offense in points per game this season, so they obviously have the pieces.
0: All right. Two votes for Watson booming. One vote for him kind of stinking it up. But one thing will be certain, he will be on the field against Houston, barring some crazy unforeseen thing in the future. But I'm sure that's something we'll talk about next week. We'll – it will be a big talking point, so wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. But most importantly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, even though JFD and I we have our riffs and we have our banner, I wanted to thank JFD for coming on the show.
2: Hey, of course. I mean, I loved being here, uh, my first appearance on the pod, and I'd love to make another. It is not, one not your future.
0: It is not your first appearance on the right, pod. Right? I JFD.
2: did give uh, some sports betting advice, which I will have more of. And, and, you, do- went
0: and oh. you went two and zero. Oh you went two and zero on your sports no, betting I advice that, that day. So-
2: If you guys need any more locks,
0: get these guys to have me back on the pod. At Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Again, that's the best place that you can connect with us. You can hear from all of us. And we've actually had some people submit lineups, submit start-sit decisions through Twitter. Nixie and Jace are great. They send it in our group chat. They say, what are we thinking here? And you can get live feedback from all of us within a couple of minutes, to be honest, which is pretty awesome. It's probably my favorite thing that we've ever actually done with the twitter account so again wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end you can listen on apple spotify give us a like rating give us five stars subscribe unsubscribe do whatever you got to do tell your grandma about it at thanksgiving dinner it's important tell your grandma about the podcast max
3: yeah real quick while we have everyone i think this is always one of the fun more fun things we do is the monarchy parlay um i know we'll probably tweet one out there for thanksgiving um, but just off the top of your guys' head, Nixie, you got the twelve thirty game. Peter, you have the four thirty game. Mason, and I got the eight thirty game. Pick one touchdown score from that game that I just assigned you to. Peter, uh,
0: the four thirty game is going to be the Cowboys. Correct. I hate. I'd love for it to be Zeke and for him to jump in the uh, jump in the Salvation Army. Well, mm-hmm. but I don't think he'll do it. Give me Tony Pollard. The tease. The tease of the jump. Nixie, who do you got in the Bills? Lions. Diggs, pocket
1: him.
3: We like the favorites over here. Diggs, minus 155. Pollard, minus 150. Mason and I, I'm picking for him. I know he's going to like it. We're brothers. I know what he's thinking. Ah. We're both thinking. The Hockness monster gets in the end zone. His first showing in Minnesota. There's nothing like it. You could cook that parlay up, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Bet $5 on it. The odds are plus seven, 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 lucky sevens,
0: seven, seven, seven.
3: Five wins you 30,
0: That is a lock. If I've ever seen one, there you have it folks. Thanks everyone for making it to the end. Wanted to thank you all profusely from the bottom of our heart here at the monarchy. We always say this on the Thanksgiving episode, but We are thankful for each other on the podcast. I'm thankful for Max, thankful for Nick. JB, if you're out there, I am so thankful for you and JFD as well. But we're also thankful for you. Everybody at home that's been listening and supportive wanted to say thank you so much to all of our incredible fans out there. You know who you are. Want to say thank you again. I know that we here at the Dynasty Monarchy uh, podcast are very thankful for you. We hope that you can spread that love and spread that to your family. Enjoy a very happy Thanksgiving and a great slate of football games. We'll see you
1: next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.